0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hell Reaper. My name is Philip, and this is my good friend Jeremy. What's up? Well, not a lot, but uh, <laughs>
1: I feel a little rusty. I feel like there's like some dust on me. It's it's been a while since clearly, we've gotten on these
0: microphones. Clearly, from your lack of enthusiasm, <laughs> you have a supreme lack of enthusiasm considering the news we're bringing today. Oh, I know. Direct from Comic Con, <laughs> an announcement. <laughs> No, One um, that will
1: rival all announcements. <laughs>
0: Is that better? Yeah, that's. I love that. All right, I'm going to settle back into myself Okay, now. so let's take that again. Never mind, just kidding. Um, well, we have some news to get to. We have some podcast news and podcast updates to get to, but we're going to save that for the end because, Jeremy, you've already teased it. We're going to be talking about what happened at Comic-Con this morning. Pierce Brown came out and gave it a huge, epic announcement, which I was not expecting at all. Um, so basically, he says, hey, there's going to be a sixth book, it's gonna be called Lightbringer. That rumor has been flying around for a while, the title of that book, but then he's like, hold my beer, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be a seventh book and it's gonna be called Red God because there's no way I could finish everything that was in my head into one book. So I'm, I'm coming with two books for you guys and Red God doesn't have a release date, which uh Lightbringer does, May 2nd, 2023. And then I guess the, the words were shortly after uh, Lightbringer comes out. So I'm guessing within a year, maybe six months to a year, we'll get Red God. What was your first reaction to hearing this news this morning? I
1: think like I was relieved to know that it was the book and not the television series. Really? Well, okay. So I'll qualify that because I really do want the television series. Don't For sure, get me wrong. we all do. But without naming these authors, there are certain authors that are not good to their fan base hmm. because they won't get their butts in gear, write their book series and finish the story. And they're too worried about things like television and getting rights and and monetizing their product instead of actually just sitting down and finishing it. And I'm so glad that Pierce doesn't fit into that category for sure. Like he's, he's serious about finishing the book, giving us the rest of the story. And I appreciate that. Then we can worry about a television. I
0: love that. You're being so like, nice. You're like, we're not going to name these authors. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Um, I'll name one of them later. I'll I'll hold that. I'll hold that though for now. So, I mean, my reaction was, you know, I don't think I felt relief like you did in terms of, I'm glad that's not a TV show announcement. I wanted all of it. I wanted a TV show. I wanted a book six announcement I was really rooting for the idea of the title being Lightbringer as well. Like, I know that's been rumored for almost a year now. as was last summer when that kind of started popping up on Goodreads or different, like, um, Barnes & Noble stores that was, like, a placeholder. And a lot of people online were, like, tempering that, like, oh, it's just a placeholder title. Just a, and I was like, I don't know, that just feels so, that feels so right. But it also felt like it had consequence with the series and where the series is going. Um, we know that Lightbringer is the, uh, the moniker that Selenius al carries. And then obviously the story seems to be wildly set up to have Lysander be a huge part of the next book. I think bringing that moniker back around from one of Lysander, Lysander's ancestors to him now and kind of what his trajectory is like, that feels so good to me. I'm, I'm really pumped. It's going to be called Lightbringer. I know that's lame to be excited about that, but (laughs) it just conjures up a lot of what the book could look like for me. What about you? I mean, that was leaked months ago, I think. It was right? almost a year ago. I think yeah. it was it was leaked through the publisher or Goodreads or something Good like that. Goodreads and other other outlets like that.
1: Yeah. And it felt right, like you're saying. Um, you know, I think of of sort of the biblical context that it takes from makes a lot of sense for Selenius. Yeah. You know, being that it's a kind of a tandem for Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And you have Selenius essentially being very pivotal in kind of taking out the earth forces mm-hmm. and really setting up the society. So it it makes sense in that same way, like, you know, you kind of take out Adam and Eve, right? In the garden, say that's the serpent, right? The same kind of <laughs> yeah. idea is like, oh, I'm going to take out the earthlings <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and create this, this like evil society. And Pierce loves to like bring in like religious, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, allegory and also like, you know, Roman and Greek allegory from like their religion and all sorts of world religion is just, is just kind of like peppered throughout the story and Lightbringer again, being a moniker for Satan, like does conjure up some cool stuff. It oh, makes yeah. it feel. And so here's my question is like the big question I wanted to address with you was do these, the fact that there's two books coming out and the fact that they're, they have such unique titles and we already know the titles. Does that tell anything to you about where the story is headed? Um, Yeah, I think so. I, I think one of the things I
1: struggle with, I, I'd like your take on this though, is you have Selenius, right, with the moniker that's kind of like an idea of Satan, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, for, for obvious reasons. And then you have Lysander that will take that. I know there's a lot of Lysander haters out there that mm-hmm. are like, yeah, that totally fits, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I still personally hold for a redemption arc here for Lysander. And I almost think it's like this reverse— kind of idea like I think it'll be Selenius was kind of evil light bringer right mm-hmm. but then this other idea of light bringer um, will actually bring resolution to the story yeah through Lysander
0: hmm. you want to want to talk about Lysander just real quickly how you and I feel about him like you know we kind of feel that this character is due for redemption arc and mm-hmm. in fact I've told you I hold the belief that I think he's going to be potentially some type of hero by the end of the story I mean I, do you feel similarly yeah it makes sense I mean you know, where do we leave off? Not like actual
1: storyline, but it kind of in his mind, right? As he finds out that his parents were actually reformers mm-hmm. and that he'd been lied to, corrupted, uh, taken advantage of. Memories erased. Memories erased, right? And it's like, what does that do to somebody? You know, it yeah. usually puts them in a 180. Mm-hmm. Um, and. and I just can't see Pierce doing that for no reason at all. Like yeah. there, there has to be a reason why Lysander would find out and, and he'll probably be upset and he'll probably want
0: some sort of retribution and and possibly will turn sides, which is what I'm going for. Hmm. I'm, I'm not too sure yet. I just think of some sort of redemption arc for, I mean, I know it's really weird to, to kind of promote that to I'm guessing what most people listening are Lysander haters. You and I aren't so much. Like, we just see the character who has a lot of duplicity, but then you and I would also, in turn, say that Daryl has a ton of duplicity. Mm-hmm. Like, these characters are kind of mirrors of each other in a lot of ways. They're not necessarily, you know, I know that Daryl fights for the virtue that we desire, like in our world. So it's easy to take his side, but they do mimic each other in in a lot of ways. So, uh, what are you going to say? You want to jump in there?
1: Yeah, it's just like, it's funny how when you and I started this pod originally, we did have strong feelings about the characters. Yeah, We were haters and we were lovers, right? Yeah, And our total appreciation for just the characters that Pierce has written have kind of dulled those emotions in me at least, I I think in you as well, to where I'm not a Lysander lover, but I'm certainly not a Lysander hater as well. I think he's a really well-written character. I think he has serious flaws (laughs) that are obvious, Um, but I don't think that disqualifies him rather from Mm -hmm. uh, some from the redemption arc that I think he'll have
0: for sure yeah I I, I kind of hope to see it happen honestly I know a lot of people are gonna be like what are you talking about you guys are crazy people but that's the way we feel um so red God that's and, the one that yeah for me it was like here we go I was expecting
1: lightbringer it was the league I've already sort of in my mind made sense of what it might mean and the implications right but the red God that was new news mm-hmm. you know the idea that he's splitting it and chronologically speaking, Um, it's like, well, what, what is the red God? Is that just like a moniker for Darrow Mm -hmm. or does it literally mean that Darrow will meet the red
0: God? Woo. Yeah. Oh, big, deep (laughs) breath. Hold on. I got to take that in. (laughs) okay. Um, so I've kind of hold the belief. You mentioned this author that you did not name. I will that earlier, I will name that for you. George R.R. Martin is a, you know, the, one of the authors that decided to go TV and has not written a book, I believe, Dance with Dragons, which was the fifth book in the uh, Song of Ice and Fire series, which I read all five, um, uh, came out in 2011. So mm-hmm. we are uh, 11 years past the yeah. fact, so we're still not, and there's two books left. Uh, Winds of Winter was supposed to be the sixth book in that series, and it's not here yet. Not to get too far in the weeds in that, but I'm bitter. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I really like the way th- this for me, when Pierce announced this, I'll go back a little bit when Pierce announced there's going to be, hey, a, a sixth book and a seventh book. The first thing I went to and what I kind of think is going to happen is he's got to pull a George R. Jar Martin in this sense. If anyone's read these books, Song of Ice and Fire or otherwise known as the Game of Thrones books, uh, book four was called Feast for Crows. It's my favorite in the series. It's so good. Um, it's kind of quicker and it reads just really fluidly and, and there's not all these choppy breaks. But what he does in that book is he actually only covers 50% of the POVs from the, all, from the world that he's introduced. He has all, like, so basically, take a, like, Dark Age, for example. What if Dark Age were only just Darrow and Lysander, period? That was it. And it didn't include Ephraim or Lyria or Mustang. It was just, those were set aside. But in, then, in the next book, he, went, he would disclude Darrow and disclude Lysander, but only write a book that was um, from was Lyria, Ephraim, and Mustang. But that's what happened with George R. R. Martin's Feast for Crows. He, he said, Feast for Crows is going to be volume one, essentially, of this one book, but it's going to be volume one. And volume two was A Dance of Dragons. And so it was just too big of a book to have all together, all the POVs together. So he split the POVs in half. But they happen in... A, the exact same timeline. They're ha- the, the stories are all happening simultaneously. There's no gap in time between both books. They're happening just in different parts of the world at different uh, locations. So I actually kind of got that image. I was thinking maybe, and I think that Lightbringer might be a very heavily Lysander-focused book with other surrounding POVs, and that Red God would be, you know, that we wouldn't see, rather, we wouldn't see Daryl a whole lot in uh, lightbringer from POV, but we would see a ton of Darrow in Red God. And then we'd have other set of POVs and we get the and we be informed by both POVs about what other characters are doing, but we're not getting their direct like line of sight.
1: Yeah, I, it's an interesting idea. Um I've never I don't think I've ever read a book that actually does that. So, it's hard
0: for me to um sort of go along with that idea. I, that was I, a long explanation and kind yeah. of a, mur- a murky one. I understand, but if you've read the books, you understand it. But it's it feels really good when you read it. It really yeah. does. So for me, it, it seems like
1: there'd be like spoilers that you get because you're POV adjacent, right? And it's like something happens to another character that has a explicit POV and you're like, I haven't even gotten to that book yet and now I already know what's going to happen to them. And I, I get there's like a filling in of details and stuff yeah. that would be like gratifying, but
0: I think the big punches would be a miss. It's, it's the mystery of how you got, how that other character that's not the POV got to the place they were in, in that other book though. All that backstory gets filled in, and this like, so you know, like maybe if like to go with back to Game of Thrones, you know, that maybe like, uh, Cersei is in one specific spot at the end of Feast for Crows. You're like, well, how did the, how did you get here? Like, how is that possible? And then you go and read Dance of Dragons, and then you find out all the linear steps in that book to, to where she got to that place, that time, that location, that situation. And it was so cool to see how that interweaving between books, not in the same book, because we got this in Iron Gold. Iron Gold gave us a pinch of this with Lyria and Ephraim's storyline with Philippe. So Philippe was kind of interweaving. You're getting the narrative kind of explained through one side and the other. But this is actually just, this is compartmentalized in one book. This is actually separating those into two different actual physical forms. What
1: if it backfires though? And you like in one POV, you find (laughs) out that like Bran wins everything. Oh my gosh. And then you're like, how did that happen? I don't understand. <laughs> then you read the next book and you're like, I still don't understand how this
0: happened. <laughs> um, spoiler alert for uh, Song of Ice and Fire a TV show or Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Sorry. But Boomp. Sorry. don't watch the season anyway. Yeah. Just just watch the first few seasons and stop. Um, yeah. I think that's going to happen. What do you think? Do you think that that's how the trajectory that's my held belief at this time? I, I think I'd be fine with it. I think that
1: Pierce would pull it off. Yeah, My natural inclination is no. I I still think it's going to be linear. Um, I think it'll just follow the chronology through. But I do agree with you when you said, when you're talking about like POV weights. And I I think that um, it will be centered more around Lysander. It's not going to ignore Darrow's POV, but I think it'll feel um, much more like Iron Gold, Mm -hmm. where although Darrow carries a lot of story in that, He just doesn't have much of a presence through POV. And I think that will happen, and then it'll kind of switch in uh, Red God, Mm -hmm. where
0: then Darrow's POV will come to prominence um, and be a lot more heavy. I can see like Lysander being the heartbeat of Lightbringer, and then Darrow being the heartbeat. Kind of like Iron Gold, like Darrow is in that book a lot and carries some of the main themes. You know all the, especially the political themes and the political ramifications, but the heartbeat of that book is Ephraim and Lyria, mm-hmm. big time. Like they kind of move that book forward and give it that pulse that you need. Whereas Darrow is just kind of almost like um, making sure you understand the world that you're in at that point in time. So I can see that too. Um, I'd be happy with either one. I'm just kind of telling you the theory I have. I don't necessarily want um, Pierce Brown to pull a George R R, R. Martin um, in that fashion, like you know having those kind of different segregated povs but if i what if it did i'd be fine with it i just like it was my first thought i was like oh my gosh there's two books and it's too big to fit into one book so and that's exactly what happened with feast for crows and dance of dragons so it's it's a guess um what anything else i mean we obviously there's no tv show announcement so yeah and you know i think
1: that makes sense um Given the financial situation, given everything that's going on, yeah. a lot of studios have been delaying, dumping, putting things on hold, selling and buying, right? And just moving moving these, like, IPs around. Yeah. Um, we, full disclosure, have no clue <laughs> what's going on with this television series. Um, but it's, at best, probably on hold
0: at this point. For sure. Until things get figured out. The way that Pierce described it, it just kind of sounded like um, we had a we had a guy on the ground at Comic-Con who was like texting me. um, uh, So Jinx, shout out to the Howler Project, howlerproject.com. One of our friends who was there and just kind of saying, yeah, like just kind of the TV show is in progress. It's just slow going. This is the way Hollywood works. It's kind of the same announcement we've got a lot, you know, for the last several years Mm -hmm. from Pierce. It's just like. It's in production, it's going, it's moving forward, but it's kind of crawling rather than walking or running. And so I know Pierce is fairly determined and I think we're gonna see it. Um, It's just that we're gonna have to be patient. And I think I actually weirdly like you, I guess I do feel some relief. The fact that book announcements were put on a pedestal today versus show announcements, because I don't wanna see uh, a book series not be able to be final. And then the, the author is, Getting sidetracked by the basically the, the even the fame of what TV what a great TV series can be it can be very attention stealing because it can be so immediate. Te- television is such an immediate like thing where everyone just gets sucked in and they want more and they want it fast and they want it instantly. Where I think that a book audience is a more patient audience just in general. Like um, speaking to Patrick Rothfuss, another author that you didn't want to mention earlier, and then and <laughs> exactly. uh, George R. R. Martin, like. Most of the fans, I know we're a little fed up, but we're also patient and we are willing to wait for good content. TV's not like that. TV needs to be cranked out and for, for the most part, and people don't get patient. So that's the, that's the big announcement today. And they were, they're freaking dope. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, absolutely. I'm excited. So anything else you want to mention on, on the book specifically?
1: I, I think like we don't speculate a lot, right? So this is a little bit, out of our wheel, I mean, you and I on the phone do all the time, but on the pod, we don't. So this is a bit irregular. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and throw up my hot take and um, talk about Red God a little bit. I haven't heard this,
0: everyone. Let's go for it. So
1: I think that, like, you know, everyone wants to see kind of Darrow come around, you know? And he said in the book, you know, I can be a builder. But (laughs) can he? Like... Every time he said this, every time he wants to reorient himself around his family, he finds himself diving back into war. Mm-hmm. And he seems real, like, like you know, a real character, not some fictional, like, I can do everything all at once kind of yeah. thing. But
0: he has real flaws. He started you, like that. Mm-hmm. And then you realize he gradually became more human. Yeah. But he has deep flaws mm-hmm. that, I mean, outside
1: serious therapy, which wouldn't make good reading material. <laughs> like, I don't know that he's going to bring it around. Like, I don't know that he's going to turn into a great husband and father. And he is a warmonger. And as society comes around, as, as like a, this beautiful finale com, comes to the society and there's peace, and at least I'm, I'm hoping that's how we land the plane in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Daryl will fit into that world. I don't and, think so either. And I think people will be really upset with that real ending. And to me, personal opinion, I think the only right thing to do for a character like that is to give them a proper death. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I I don't think Darrow is salvageable in the end unless you kill him. I think that'll actually provide that relief that, you know, instead of an inability to meet expectation um, of him. So I think like, It'll end in this beautiful scene of him going to the Vale, of him reuniting with Eo and with Ragnar, and you know, the, the whole thing. And you I could think see the other side. Yeah. And it's like Dale, his dad. Dale, yeah. It's like, is that red god? I mean, it, it could easily be just like him being a, a like a badass like yeah. warlord too. Yeah. Right? I mean, that fits also. But my feeling, and it has been for a while is
0: the direction Darrow needs to go in order to stay completely real. It's, it's strange because I think the imagery that Red God conjures up is a epic muscled out, like kind of barbaric warlord that is just like he is un, untouchable, like Darrow specifically, untouchable. He can just do whatever he wants to do on a battlefield. I think that you and I have discovered over time, just how, even though that they're, it's a story of war, it has, Red Rising deals with very delicate themes. And for me, when I think of Red God and the imagery that gets conjured up for me is actually the old man in the veil. Like something that we heard about the very first book, the very first part of the book. It is it is meeting some sort of maker, you know, like that, like the old man in the veil and, and going off and, and reuniting. And I think that's, that's, that's the only happy ending I see for Daryl myself. Like being at peace. Mm-hmm. Peace isn't on this these worlds for darrow not for that's, him that's that's not peace for him peace is going to exist in the veil and so i pictured the title red god being a far more delicate far more beautiful idea rather than um you know and you and i can be totally wrong like we could mm-hmm. it could be the, just the inverse of what you are saying but that's the way i see it too i see darrow i don't i don't know if i want to use the word salvageable uh like you did even though i i don't disagree with you i i think darrow is headed on a pretty st- you know, stern (laughs) uh, arc towards, you know, death. But I think it's gonna be one a a peaceful ending and he's gonna get that. And I I actually wouldn't be surprised if he died at the end of Lightbringer. I I wouldn't be surprised if Red God, he wasn't in it at all. Like that Mm -hmm. to me would be, I wouldn't be shocked. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Pierce has this ability where he can tap into that duality. Like we already talked about the possibility of the duality of Lightbringer, right? Like, Red God could easily be that same way, where he's both this, like, like warring monster, mm-hmm. you know? And then it actually taps into the old man with the dew on his cap.
0: What if Lyria is the Red God? Oh, my gosh. Come on. Lyria's dope. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start the I'm, plot over. Again. I'm, I'm no. <laughs> into it. I'm, Lyria's, Lyria's, like, for anyone that doesn't like Lyria, dang. Yeah, she's Get into cool. Lyria. Lyria's, like... Everyone thought she was so whiny in Iron Gold, and there was, like, all this pushback, and I was like, this character is amazing. This is my favorite POV in, in Iron Gold, and, uh, really, I've read, read Iron Gold recently a couple times, and I just love that freaking book, and I love her character in that. So, um, let's go ahead and pivot and talk about uh, things to come for the podcast and what we got going on. So, we have, um a new series coming out soon. I know it's been a while. When Jeremy, you mentioned that it's been a minute, you know, and you're a little rusty, you gotta knock those, shake off that, shake off the dirt off our boots here. Mm-hmm. But we're getting back into it next month. We plan on having a new seven part series out. It's gonna be titled The Dream of EO. This is going to be mostly a retrospective of Morningstar, but we're taking the entire first trilogy into account. We felt like we couldn't just compartmentalize the themes of Morningstar in kind of an isolated book, like we have in Red Rising and we also did in Golden Sun, we kind of of like looked at a very narrow prism. We just looked at those books as individuals. The way that Morningstar reaches back so often to some of the first chapters of uh, Red Rising, we felt like we had to include a lot of those conversations to kind of going full circle. So we're very enthused. We're very excited to bring that series to you. It's gonna be coming out very soon. We'll have a trailer up on the feed shortly, probably the next week or two. Um, And it's good, again, it's gonna be, I'm not gonna say a whole lot more. I wanna kind of leave it a little (laughs) bit of a surprise, but it's called The Dream of EO, seven parts. Uh, We're gonna be making that coming out every other week. But on those off weeks, we have more content coming out, but in a different form factor. Why don't you talk about that, Jeremy? Yeah,
1: so Beyond the Veil is something we're gonna be doing as a kind of behind the scenes look. And it's actually coming out as a live stream on YouTube, uh, and it will be exclusive there. And what Philip didn't mention is that uh, go ahead and go to our YouTube and, and subscribe now if you if you would please. Yeah. Um, because those seven episodes of uh, DOE, Dream of EO, um, they're in video form as well. Yeah, And if you are interested in that or some additional content that we're going to be coming out with that's uh, just formatted completely around YouTube, um, go ahead and and do that now. You'll also be able to jump in this Beyond the Veil. Um, And we are going to be looking for questions, comments, criticisms, like emails where you tell us how wrong we are (laughs) and you need to set us straight. And that kind of stuff will be discussed on Beyond the Veil. Yeah. Um, So... I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a lot of fun and exciting. Live is is kind of a, a different thing for us. Um,
0: so I feel like we're gonna get into the body of
1: an email and be like, oh man, they're really uh, scorching us
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, so um, yeah, once we start releasing Dream of Eel, we're just gonna be like, we're gonna be doing, each episode is gonna have a companion piece. It's gonna be called Beyond the Veil. All the episodes will be on um, YouTube for Beyond the Veil. And we're gonna have all the episodes for Dream of Eel, like you said, Jeremy on YouTube, but also on a regular feed like yep. this is right now. So very excited. It's It's been a long time coming. We've recorded all the Dream of EO episodes. They're in the bag. Um, we're just putting some finishing touches on those. And that's why we're going to be coming out those next month. And so thank you guys for supporting us and for checking out this episode and for all our patrons that have supported us through this kind of down period. We've gone through a lot of different life changes, new jobs, you know, different friends passing away. Lots of things have happened that um, have kind of put, uh, made us like take a while to get some new content out. But we're very happy with the product. We believe in it a lot. And we think this is the best work. We think this is a great conversation. If you love the first trilogy of Red Rising, but if you really love Morningstar, we're getting after it. This is gonna be some epic, uh, epic conversations. Yeah, I'm
1: excited. Everyone come along with us uh, and uh, enjoy. Well, that
0: sounds like a good time to sign off. So until next time hail reaper hail reaper hail reaper is a production of catacomb party thanks to pierce brown for creating this universe and thanks to all the contributors who make this show possible we were engineered by joshua ramsey with editing and sound design by Math Ardelio. if you enjoy what you hear please take a moment to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice and follow at HellreaperPod on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for updates, giveaways, and more. You can support the show directly by joining our Patreon community, where we issue monthly bonus content, exclusive artwork, and hang about with all the Hellers of the Discord. Visit patreon.com/slash hellreaper to learn more. This is Broadcast signing off. Until next time, Hail the Gory Damn Reaper.